Hello and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host. I thought this one was pretty apt. She's been out of contact for a long time. Whitney Nelson. <laughs> I have, yes. Are you feel, You're feeling better. You've recovered. Everything's good. I have recovered. It was not coronavirus. All right. So. But you know, regardless. But she's really gotten on the wrong side of the flu fairy this year. <laughs> I did. I even got a flu shot and I've still had the flu twice this year. That is. It makes me so mad. That is unbelievable, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's never happened to me before. Every time that I've gotten the flu shot, I have not gotten the flu. Weird. This year, I got the flu shot and got the flu twice. You got a placebo. I mean, maybe placebo. it was something else. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe like, it wasn't the, the flu, and I just thought it was aches and fever meant the flu, but maybe I was possessed by a ghost or something. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet alternative, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Regardless, glad to have you back. That other voice you heard is someone new. Do you speak for the entire human race? Because she does. It's Lindsay Nelson. <laughs> How I wish I spoke for the entire human race. Hello, everybody. I am Whitney's sister and co-host on Historical Hotties. This is like another epic crossover episode, kind of. I'm feeling mm -hmm. good about yeah. the synergy that we have going into this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's get right into it then. Before we like dive too far in, Lindsay, I want to talk with you really briefly because we do this whenever we have someone new on. Uh, mm -hmm. Just talk about like your first Keanu movie memory. Like, what's the one that I guess either you saw first or the one that like stuck out to you that you're like, oh, Keanu Reeves, that's the guy. Well, the first memory I ever have of Keanu Reeves movie related stuff is Speed because it was one of my That's mom's movies. Yeah. yeah. My my mom always has like a couple of movies that she's watched a lot and so they help her fall asleep, but they're all movies that nobody else would ever choose to fall asleep to. They're like Jurassic Speed Park and Speed and are Jurassic not like Park. Soothing go to sleep movies. Uh-huh. And, and the Brendan Fraser Mummy and it's all because she likes them enough to be interested, but she's seen them so many times her brain doesn't like fight to stay awake to find out what's going to happen. Interesting. Um, so, okay. so, so speed and mom watching it anytime she wanted to fall asleep is my first Keanu related memory. That is fantastic. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and you're right that that's not a that's not a sleepy movie, but I guess like no, after so many neither repeat is Jurassic viewings, Park, but <laughs> it's just a comfort food. You're like, oh, I know what's yeah. happened. I don't have to worry if they're gonna beat Dennis Hopper. It's great. That's cool. Exactly. All right, all right. And the other thing that we do is we try to get a little gauge to see where you are. Top three, top five Keanu films. I assume you have maybe lightly been following along just because Whitney has been doing this thing. And obviously you've been with us. I mean, I've listened to every episode of Cool Breeze over the Park. Oh, wow, yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, she hasn't seen all the movies good. though. It's actually I haven't probably, seen all the movies. It's probably for the best. Uh, I have yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've listened to every episode, so So I'm looking here and yes. about I'm gonna, it looks like about six months ago. We put out the call for rating your own top three, top five Keanu films. I'm going to read back what mm -hmm. you submitted. You submitted your top three. Uh, and I just want to okay. know if these still stand up and if you want to round it out to five, whatever. But here goes. I'm going to start at three, where you put 
It's, a, it's an interesting one. You put Dracula at number three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Number two is speed. Number one, mm-hmm. much ado about nothing. Does that yeah, hold that up? That still checks out. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. I'll also put probably in my top five is also The Matrix and Constantine. <gasps> Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I definitely have a soft spot for Constantine because it was the movie that introduced me to Tilda Swinton, mm. who is the love of my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're in good company then on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree. Mm-hmm. The uh, That's interesting. You're skewing towards a more the action Keanu there, with the exception of Much Ado. But even the villain, I don't yeah. know. He was probably... She's, she's skewing towards a more theatrical Keanu, which I find interesting. Yes, yeah. No, and I also, uh, I do like Dracula. I know you guys are not a big fan of it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> you said a lot of things about Dracula. But and it is definitely a mood piece. But I love, I, I have a lot of patience for a mood piece if they accurately, or like, thoroughly invoke a mood and i love that you know they did all the effects in camera they did only effects that were available in 20s filmmaking 1920s filmmaking because he wanted to evoke that nosferatu feel and the yeah the pacing isn't great and there's some other stuff but i think it has some of the most iconic vampire imagery of the 20th century so yeah that's true yeah i mean fair points fair points i dig like when they go for yeah, it, if not, nothing else. Not saying it's a perfect film by any stretch, but I, I still watch it about once a year around Halloween. So, All right. That's a solid top five. You know, I, we, I'm not trying to, I don't argue with anybody. You know, you, you dig what you dig and I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't yuck any yums. <laughs> and Much Do About Nothing is just an amazing movie. It never gets old to watch Much Ado About Nothing. So. That's true. It's still holding fast at my number five, Whitney's number four. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we're all, we're all, we all agree. That one, we're all on that boat. That came yeah. out of nowhere for me, but <laughs> I'm happy, happy I watched it. So that's, that's Lindsay. So that's where you're coming from when you approach The Day the mm-hmm. Earth Stood Still. So... Yep. All right. I will also say that she has seen the original Day the Earth Stood Still, which I have not. Excellent. I have. So she's going to be our comparison. (laughs) Great. So that's Lindsay. Wonderful. Let's let's rock this out real quick. Uh, I'm excited Mm -hmm. to to get to the meat. Uh, up top, as always mentioned, you can find the website coolbreezepod.com, email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com, hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. We have uh, two wonderful uh, emails that came in from listeners I'd like to read here real quick. Uh, one of our favorite listeners, Zoe P. from uh, the United Kingdom wrote in, wishing you well, obviously. So sorry to hear Whitney is not well, sending her lots of positive yeah, thoughts and hankies. so sweet. Yeah, she, Zoe's the Thanks, best. Thanks, Zoe. Uh, I thought I would check in with you all as it was John Wick night at Leicester Square on Friday. (laughs) All three John Wick films, one after the other, also known as Keanu Heaven. I believe that was the subject of the email, Keanu Heaven. (laughs) Uh, As predicted, it was a complete massacre. Not just, I'm going to say, I know it's Keanu, KK? Kiki? I don't know. Doing his thing. But myself and Lisa, another listener, getting positively trashed with JD and Jin <laughs> ably assisting. <laughs> there were no coherent thoughts from us on the films, apart from Keanu's blue boxers in the first one. Ruby Rose getting the best job ever in the second one. I'm assuming that's no, the pat very down. Good in that one. Yeah. And then the uh, third one is a blur. The bag was full of empties, the sweets had been eaten, and it was time for an oob's home. I freaking love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that all the time now. An yeah, oob's home. An oob's home. Yep. 
Uh, good fun was had by all. Major love for anyone who did the guns, lots of guns line in John Wick 3. Looking forward to the day the earth stood still, or as Keanu calls it, the day my career stood still. <laughs> Ooh, burn! <laughs> Zoe's bringing the heat. Ouch, ouch. Uh, so thank you, Zoe. That's awesome. I, I hope you dig this episode when you get to it. Uh, Melissa C. also wrote in to say, uh, not sure how I stumbled on it, but your podcast is fantastic. Thanks for making it. You're, you're very welcome, Melissa. That's awesome. And... She also follows up, I do think you are all a little harsh on Street Kings. Looking forward to your review on Knock Knock and Siberia. They were so bad. <laughs> I screenshot these when we get these. I send them to our group chat. And I believe, yeah. I think the, as it was either myself or Whitney. I think we were just harsh enough on Street Kings. Yes, yes. That's what we said. We appreciated Melissa's message. We appreciated, Melissa, that you found us somehow. You don't even remember where and we're listening. But we think we were just harsh enough. Right. We walked, we skated right up to the line, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say it wasn't harsh, but I think it was, uh, you know, the appropriate amount of harsh for that was required for the movie. Yeah. If anything, I blame Eric for the harshness. So... It was no. It was no yeah, one here. I feel like here. I was pretty middling. I feel like Eric was more harsh than I. Was. I have to say, that I am also wrong, curious about you guys getting to knock knock because it is a movie that I have never seen but heard a lot about. So I'm curious to get you know a more detailed breakdown of it. I do use you guys to uh, give me an idea of the Keanu movies I have no desire to ever watch, but Perfect. then I will still know what the plots are. So yeah. We're providing a service in that way. There's a lot of Keanu <laughs> movies that no one needs to go out of their way for. But if you're curious what happens in it, that's what we do. Yeah, we're the barometer for for mm -hmm. everybody. And there are some that are not. Look at our bottom 10. Don't watch them. That's like, it's as easy as that. That's kind of why we're, we're ranking them, which is nice. So that's our yeah. public service. Mm -hmm. It's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so let's not bury the lead. Lindsay, can you? Tell us what we're talking about today. Absolutely. So today we're talking about the film The Day the Earth Stood Still, which, as Andrew mentioned earlier, is a remake of the 1951 classic science fiction film where an alien visitor and his giant robot counterpart visit Earth. Uh, it was directed by Scott Dickerson, whose other director directorial credits include The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister, and Doctor Strange. And co-starring alongside Keanu is Jennifer Connelly, Kathy Bates, Jaden Smith, John Cleese, John Hamm, and Kyle Chandler. And I have to, I, I did not remember so many of those people being in this movie. Every time someone new <laughs> showed up, I was like, I, what? I squealed multiple times because A, John Hamm. Yeah. Right, right. But this was in, but I mean, also only the first Kathy season Bates. of Mad Men had happened. So, yeah. yeah. But also, but, little, little baby, how adorable is Jaden Smith? <laughs> Well, yeah, I forgot he used to be so cute. John Cleese? Like, John Cleese. I, yeah, for, I did not remember minutes. any of these people being in it except for Keanu Reeves and Jennifer Connelly. And what a weird, what a weird, like, thing for John Cleese to, like, to be in yeah. there for five minutes yeah. in this part. That weird little part. Uh, yeah. So it was interesting. And I kept doing that, too. Every time one of these people came on screen, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're in it. But yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Whitney, how are the critics and audiences feeling about this movie? All right. Well, 
pretty much no one is. <laughs> is just the answer. Uh, we have a 21% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 27% audience score. Uh, there's a quote that we pulled from critic David Edelstein on Vulture, who says, The remake of that fine old 50s alien invasion picture, The Day the Earth Stood Still, comes to a standstill about an hour before the Earth does <laughs> in the wilds of New Jersey. And I think that's pretty funny. Um, uh-huh. because that's kind of how I feel about Dave, the movie as well. No. Um, and then Alex H on Rotten Tomatoes is gave it one star oh. and says 2008's The Day the Earth Stood Still is a package. One that's a completely nonsensical mess of mediocre visual effects slept over a contrived enforced message all wrapped up in overt mes- messiah metaphors. <laughs> so yeah, how many times has Keanu played Jesus? Do you have a, <laughs> like a running lot. tally like on that? Like a lot of times. Because it's at least the, the Matrix and this yeah. movie. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, I think it kind of depends on on like what like he definitely played uh jesus and little buddha but like he didn't play jesus yeah he played buddha but like right that, but if that, you're talking about the jesus archetypal the, like Messiah yeah, figure, mythical figure yeah. thing yes he's played it a lot of times yeah i mean constantine definitely has some oh sure you know, mm-hmm. he's literally sacrificing being yourself dying getting heaven? reborn yeah again i would i would I would love to hear from Lindsay first here. We kind of just do the rundown of, did this movie work for you? Uh, and you have the background, as as I heard, of the having seen the original. So you have a, a, mm-hmm. something of a, a more interesting comparison to be drawn there. So if you would like to kick us off, I'd love to. I love actually to have a question. Yeah. Before you start talking about your thoughts and whether or not it worked for you. Yes. This is so, and Children of Men came out right around this, so there's clearly like a we're ruining the earth thing happening in the collective mm-hmm. consciousness. Is For all the that original, we paid attention to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it just got worse Aww. from there. But yeah, uh, it was, it was, uh, it's heavy handed in this movie, but it was heavy handed in a lot of movies, and clearly it wasn't heavy handed enough because we're still doing it wrong. But was the original The Day the Earth Stood Still, like, was it such an environmental message? Or was, like, the impetus something else? It was about nuclear war. Okay. So it's because we we kill everybody is why it they was, came it instead was of post, we killed It was the immediately Earth. post-World War II. Yeah. And okay. it was dealing with the ramifications of we dropped nuclear bombs on people. And yeah. so when he comes down to talk to Earth and say, a civilization of other planets have noticed you, and we don't think you're appropriate to join the civilization of planets... <laughs> was that humans were inherently too violent and destructive. Um, I mean, listen, I can't argue with them on either point. No. It's true. I can't argue with them on the 51 point or the 2008 point. We are both of those things. So Mm -hmm. now you can go ahead and do your thoughts. I just, before we got into it, I just wanted to talk about, because the whole time that that I was watching this, I was like, this couldn't be what the... 1950s. Yeah, no, one they was were about. not talking about global warming in the 50s. <laughs> right. No. Even like, though what? scientists were were aware of it since the uh, 18, we started tracking information for it in the 1860s. But yeah, it still wasn't really a thing in the 1950s. But um, so I actually was kind of okay. So generally, this movie did not work for me, but it worked for me more than I remember it working for me because when I first saw it was when it came out. And I was a snotty teenager and I had been a big fan of the original 50s one. I still am. And so I was just constantly comparing it 
to the original. Um, watching it again a second time with like more space from it, while I still don't think it's a good movie, I don't think it's as terrible of a movie as of my first feelings because I was not really directly comparing it anymore. I was just trying to watch it as its own thing. Hmm. It definitely has pacing problems. <laughs> it slows mm -hmm. way, way down in a couple of parts and feels sort of aimless, like wandering in a lot of it. You don't understand what uh, Keanu's character's doing most of the movie. I think that's a problem. Like when he's just randomly having her drive him places and you don't, as an audience, understand his motivations. I think they should have kind of tried to make that a little bit clearer earlier on. I also think this movie looks incredibly like, it kept reminding me both of Independence Day and um, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, just in the like visual style and color palette and everything. Yeah, um, okay. So it felt very dated to me because it kept reminding me of like, Godzilla and Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, movies from 10 years before this one, even. <laughs> yeah, and everybody in it is like a, a emotionless automaton for the most part. Mm -hmm. So that's my main feelings on the movie. <laughs> Good. All right. In fact, cool, cool, the little cool, cool. scene with John Cleese, while it was a very weird cameo, was one of the first people who I actually felt like had a personality. So also the old... The old Chinese man who was another alien sleeper agent, he also had personality. Yeah, at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was weird, weirdly specific product placement in this Such movie. Such product <laughs> placement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and it was weird because it's not exactly favorable product placement. I mean, it's prominent, but it's not exactly like pro-McDonald's. I. It's like, have you guys seen Yesterday? No. Yes. So there's there's this huge product placement for Pepsi in Yesterday. Coke has been erased from the universe, like the memory of the, Beatles, the Beatles and yeah. cigarettes. The only and so the only things that were removed were, were was Pep was Coke. cigarettes, the Beatles, and oh. Coke. At least yeah. that you find out over the course of the movie. Yeah, there might be other things that and he so didn't he come across. So he keeps asking but... for for a Coke, and they're like, I don't. What? Know what that is. Uh, do you want drugs? What? And then he's like, remember, he goes, oh, a Pepsi. So Pepsi is very prominently placed, but it's placed as like the less exciting option now that Coke doesn't exist in the universe. <laughs> right. So it's, it's a very we weird have. product placement. It's a weird product placement. Huh. And the McDonald's reminded me of that. Right. McDonald's is indeed a place that serves something that resembles food. Maybe aliens meet here. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Whitney, would you like to, I, I have a feeling that you're, I just have a feeling that you're not going to like this movie, but I don't know, maybe prove me uh, wrong. I couldn't bring myself to care about this movie. <laughs> I tried oh, no. so hard and there's so many people in it that I like. Uh, and I was just sitting there watching it and I could not get invested. I could not, in, I definitely didn't hate it. Uh, it was better, actually, than I thought it was going to be based on, uh, you know, everyone talking so much crap about the day the Earth stood still. I thought it was going to be, like, actively bad. Mm. I, there wasn't much that was actively bad. I thought it was super unfocused. I think, like Lindsay was saying, there was a lot of stuff that was totally unclear if you hadn't, if you were not familiar with the story of, like, why is Keanu having her drive him all these places? And this the special effects didn't particularly hold up mm -mm. they didn't like they're not as bad as some of the matrix 2 or matrix 3 effects as far as like not holding up right um they are definitely dated 
but I think that part of it is the the like some of the stuff is very 50s imagery that they just updated with the CGI. So I feel like there's sort of a Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow thing about mm-hmm. it, which also came out not too far away from this movie. Um, I don't know. It really did nothing for me. Part of it was maybe that I was watching it with a fever. I literally was watching <laughs> clips of it on YouTube today to be like, what was that movie again? <laughs> And I I really don't know how much of that can be attributed to illness and how much of that can be attributed to this movie being a nothing movie, which really upsets me because I love so many people in it. I love John Cleese. Mm -hmm. I love Kathy Bates. Love Kathy Bates. Love John Hamm. Uh, I think the only person who really did any justice to the role that they were cast in is Keanu. I think this is one of the times where that inner monologue works well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the sort of stony-faced, not emoting thing that he always gets shit for, when you can see that internal monologue happening inside, it works because he really adds a lot of depth to it. And I think you could see whole worlds of stuff we didn't understand happening at the same time that he was totally deadpan and not emoting at all. And I thought that that was really great. That was the only thing that I took away from this film really at all i hated the john cleese and him doing math (laughs) competitively or whatever (laughs) that shit drives me nuts and i don't know if it's just because i hate math or if it's just like there's not even numbers there it's It's all letters i think it's just like advanced equations in movies is a little hack yeah it's just like a shorthanded way to say these people understand things you'll never understand Yeah. yeah Yeah, And so much so that they can, like, actively edit one another's things as they're doing them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hated that part. <laughs> but I did like him looking at the solution on the board, looking down at the newspaper article, and then just immediately, like, jumping into that he was all caught up on what was happening here. I thought yeah. that was a good acting moment from John Cleese. I agree. I agree. Uh, and I, I'm not saying John Cleese did a bad job. I just don't no, know why the, he was that That's role. an annoying movie trope, yeah. Um, but I do hate, I hate when people competitively do math. <laughs> like, I'll solve it. I'll solve it. Uh, yeah. Let's solve it together. <laughs> or just say you're really smart. I don't need you to be doing math I don't understand to know that you're smart. Yeah, he is the uh, well. Yeah, they mentioned like that. Th- those people aren't our leaders. Let me take you to this guy who is. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Which I think is nice of Jennifer Connelly, but pretty naive too. This world has never like. Yeah, <laughs> just scientists. Like, oh, you're you're the smartest people. Oh, well then you get to make all of our decisions. <laughs> yeah. That's not no, how we, it works. We do the opposite as a general rule. Now I'm sad. But I think that's part of the thing of them trying to both be and not be the original movie because the professor character is a bigger part in the 50s one. So I feel Mm -hmm. like they felt that they had to include him. But I think that's a lot of their unnecessary running around is trying to hit similar plot points as the first one while not being the same story as the first one at the same time. Yeah. But anyway, um, this movie is like a void. I can't feel anything about it or remember anything about it. I don't remember any editing. Oh, no. I don't remember any score. Like, and and that this was also while I was watching it in addition to, like, now talking about it. Um, it's so average. And that it's not bad. I was more or less entertained, but I was never engaged. And I feel like that's the big difference. Like... It's one thing to be passively, like, have something in front of your eyes that you look at. And it's another thing to be in the story. And I was never in the story. 
Um, and I don't remember any of the technical stuff about it because it was all adequate. Like it, none of it wowed me. None of it was too terrible. I really liked the nanobots and I hated mm. the competitive math. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> nanobots, good. Math, bad. Yes. Put it on the box. Send it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stamp it, ship it. That's it. All right. All right. That's all she wrote. Well, and there were a couple of interesting ideas in this movie that I don't feel like they used to their fullest advantage. I did think the nanobots were cool. Um, the way that they and- started eating the way the guy's suit first. Yeah. Oh, and man. then, like the restraints on it, the the big robot guy, and then the glass started like cracking, and it, uh, that was cool. That was my favorite that part was cool. of the movie. And the fact that they ate elements around them to make more yes. nanobots to be a plague that killed the like humans made more sense actually. That in the first one, that robot is just supposed to kill everybody individually, which sure, <laughs> given enough time, he could do. Right. But <laughs> but given enough time, I could run away from that robot. This is a much better plan, I think, especially especially because this movie's message was removing humans so that the Earth could survive, whereas the first one didn't was just like, we have to stop you from getting out into space because you're not civilized enough to interact with the rest of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it wasn't like trying to safely remove humans while keeping the rest of the biosphere. So the robot could just blow up a bunch of stuff and it would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> But also the idea of space travel where you basically have to clone a body from the environment that you're going to, to space travel, is I think a very interesting idea that they did not use as much as they should have. That was was super cool. I don't know. I think as soon as you start getting into like body switching stuff, it gets very metaphysical and they were already so preachy about environmentalism that I feel like they couldn't get into the like what makes you you thing and that that's always where it goes like that's what altered carbon is about Mm -hmm. you know it it gets very preachy about the like ideas of having clones and being able to transmit your consciousness and all that kind of stuff interesting idea and i like the way that they do it in altered carbon yeah um at least the first season i hear the second season is trash and i'm not interested in watching it but (laughs) no but anyway i think it, it gets into a very like preachy religious consciousness i think therefore i am sort of a thing and i I think that takes they couldn't have gone more into that because that takes away from all of the other preachiness that they have in the movie Hmm. and i don't say preachiness in a in a i should find a different word for it because well i'm very heavy agreement with the message of this movie (laughs) (laughs) right some of some of us most of us gotta go yeah well i mean that's like uh avengers like like yeah, Thanos is a bad guy, but also, is he wrong? <laughs> um, yes, Whitney, he's very wrong. There's lots of reasons, because that's not the way you fix... If you Let's not get into a whole Avengers debate, but it, it wouldn't work, is all I'm saying, because he's removing half of all life, so you still have the same amount of resources for the same amount of people. But let's not... We won't dissect Avengers. <laughs> it's a different podcast. <laughs> I just mean the, the idea of, like, getting rid of a bunch of people... It's good for the planet. I'm with you if, like, by all life you mean plants and animals, because then, yes, the resources diminish with the people that are consuming the resources. But when it just comes down to people, there's too many of us and we don't take care of the planet. Not great stewards. You're right. No. No. And I definitely agree with this movie saying that, like, it can be screaming at us in the face, 
and we literally still won't do anything about changing our lifestyle. Like we'd rather keep a more comfortable lifestyle for the next 20 years than survive past the next 20 years, which yep. is literally what we're starting to look at now. So yep. <laughs> talking about 20 to 30 years, if we don't do something in the next 10, could be the extinction of the human race. And that's not like the extremist science. That's like the middle. Okay, <laughs> we're not here to talk about climate change either. <laughs> but I don't disagree. Here to talk about I think climate. that the I think that the aliens are correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. So when I say things like preachy or heavy-handed, I'm not saying that they're wrong. But I'm then just it's saying still heavy-handed. They really yeah. hit you over the head with it. Yeah, it's more effective to bring somebody around to your message by making them empathize with the point of view than just by lecturing at them about how they should feel. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Andrew, how'd you feel about this movie? I saw this in theaters. I remembered that, that I had seen it in theaters after I had watched it again. And again, it's one of these things, had not seen it since, just like Constantine. Mm-hmm. And this movie is like... Uh, Absolutely on the nose. It's cliche. It's messy. Uh, but I still liked it. So <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> at some point my brain shut off, and I was like, I'm just, it's just popcorn, right? I, like, let's just have some candy, mm-hmm. right? The movie that this reminded me of, like m- in recent memory, was uh, oh, I'm split. I just, just, I should have wrote. Oh, uh, Prometheus, the Ridley Scott alien oh, continuation. Yeah, yeah I because can see that. and. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but a lot of the criticisms that people threw at Prometheus are what you hear about this movie, too, where it's like the storyline is a little convoluted. The dialogue is not very good. <laughs> like I, was, I, I see the set, the similarities and, you know, coincidentally, I really enjoyed Prometheus, too. Not as like an alien movie, but just as like, oh, I like this as its own standalone type of thing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. If you try and make it an alien movie, you enjoy it less than if you just yeah. watch it as a sci-fi movie. If you took it as canon alien, Ridley Scott actually ruined it. But I, I, again, this is not an alien podcast. <laughs> Ooh, boy, we are not staying on track this, it's okay. this time. Ooh, we we've gone on a lot of tangents. <laughs> We gotta have like an after dark or something. Just get get all this yeah. off our chest. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, we all got a lot of thoughts and feelings. So. <laughs> right, it's been a week. They took a week off, and look what happened. All the opinions yeah. built. We up. all fall apart. I had no this one to is talk a, to. I guess our therapy, because we're all like, no, the Earth is dying, and Ridley Scott ruined Alien, and there's <laughs> a lot lot to unpack. Everybody, I thought most of the performance in the Keanu was good. And he was good for the exact reason that everybody else criticizes him for. It's like, he's wooden. It's like, no, th- that is perfect for this exact role. Like That's what he, I'm saying. It works so good. Yeah, he crushed mm-hmm. it, I thought, in my opinion. Like, the, just like kind of... He, he, he brought something in that role where it's like... The way I think about it is sometimes you'll have like actors who'll, who get into a role. And I don't know if this is true of Keanu, where they like fixate on a thing like this actor's he's like like my character's always gonna like click a pen or like do something and like if you told me in this movie Klaatu he like he never blinked like in any I don't know if that's true but like if you're like Keanu decided for this character feels like he didn't blink yeah if you told me that was true I'd be like oh that's cool and that's a cool choice right so I think that Keanu was great um <laughs> everyone else was like themselves kind like Kathy Bates but also not Kind of. It was like yeah. a tragic misuse of Kathy Bates' right. ability. She's great in that. 
kind of role, right? And I just feel it felt like a little off in this for some reason. And the same with like, I think it's because all the characters were massively underwritten, is what I feel pretty much, like yeah. it was. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that they were trying to do whatever they could with what they had, but their characters had zero personality. So right. Uh, don't think that it went unnoticed that neither of you mentioned Jennifer Connelly. Uh, I, kn- I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on her are. I think she is a great actress, but not in this. <laughs> so She is not a great actress in this. And that's, I think, why I didn't say anything is yeah. because I overall have a favorable opinion of Jennifer oh, Connelly. Yeah. Um, not as favorable as some people have of her. Um, I didn't say anything because I, boy, th- this did not work for her. <laughs> right. It was not great. I the, the the thing that just bothered me, and this happens in a lot of movies, is like I, I don't I don't feel like nobody knows how to write kids other than just being insufferable. And like I just <laughs> fuck like uh-huh. every time he was on screen, I was like I, I already saw it, but I, I probably back when I first saw it too, is like this kid's gonna ruin everything. Like he's going to like the world is gonna die, and it's gonna be his fucking fault. And uh, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. There are good examples of kid performances, probably, but this was not one of them. So he, this was like uh, both of the kids in the world, uh, uh, War of the Worlds remake, too. Like the, the older brother and the younger girl. I was like, God, I hate these kids t- here, too. It's just not <laughs> just not doing it for me. I don't like them as a plot device, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so cute. His curls were popping. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Smith was an adorable kid, but outside of the pursuit of happiness where he was, like, acting with his dad, I don't right. think he's ever really done a good performance. Like, I mean, I don't know. I I can't really speak to his talent at all. Uh, I don't remember him in the pursuit of happiness because I don't remember most things. And uh, <laughs> this, like, is not a fair thing to judge on. Right. I, I don't think I've seen him act in anything else. I think it's just those two things. Um, but he's adorable. Yeah. He was, mm-hmm. you know, he was as good as he could have been given what he was given, I guess. Mm-hmm. Some of the CG in this movie is very bad. And then some of it was very <laughs> striking for me. And I don't know if it was like a mix of like practical stuff. Like, for instance, a lot of the like when the uh, nano robots destroy that stadium. Visually, I like that. I was like, I'm willing to overlook that it, it's a little rough around the edges, but I was like, as a visual, that's awesome because it's like shh, gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from editing was fine. Cinematography was really cool. Um, just a couple shots, right? Like uh, when they go out to the middle of the forest, <laughs> one of the numerous driving scenes, she takes them out like the middle of the forest. <laughs> the orb is rising up from like a lake and there's like all silhouettes of them and stuff. I was like, oh, this is really neat. Um, mm-hmm. the lie detector scene was framed like beautifully. Like it's just a super wide shot. I was like, this is great. Yeah. Uh, so there were like some standout things, but overall it's like, this is not like top 10 movie and it's not bottom 10, but it does fit right in this like nebulous middle area. I have no idea where I'm going to put it yet, but it was, f- I don't know where I'm going to put it yet. Yeah, either. It was like fine. It was, you know, it didn't offend me. <laughs> but uh... no that's what i'm saying like that's why I, I really have so little to say is i it's fine <laughs> capital f fine or lowercase f fine oh uh, <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> that's how fine it is oh oh no yeah that's it's just so it's it does not need to exist i'm not mad that it does yeah 
it's not that's about how i feel about it all right uh do we have any other thoughts on the day the earth stood still Hmm. i don't think so we do not oh oh my i think it's time (laughs) it's been too long it's been too long (laughs) let's get charles in here pop quiz asshole there was a time when i had the need to learn from you oh what the hell do you know lose i don't lose i win she got a lot to learn about sportsmanship Oh my goodness. Pop quiz assholes are very own quizzo show where the host asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. If they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answers. Charles, very cagey about not repeating the answers. <laughs> it's so unfair. Like I have to use my short term memory. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, points this season are not cumulative and only determine who wins the episode because again, we just can't let Whitney run away with the game again. We just can't let, I mean, it might be that she runs away with the season, but you know, wins the war, but loses a few battles, that sort of thing. I now like to turn it over to the keeper of Keanu knowledge, the master of minutia and the teacher of all things trivia, Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hello, Hello. Charles. Hey, Charles, I missed you. I missed you as well, if (laughs) I had the capacity to miss anyone. Oh, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> All um, of a sudden, Charles Nolan is a cyborg or something. I was and say, I are am you an android, Charles? Very unsettled. I was in hypersleep. <laughs> it's an AI, maybe? Charles? I cannot confirm that. <laughs> For governmental secret reasons. Whoa. Before. Before we get into it, I, it should just be worth noting that you can actually follow Charles on Twitter now, at the Nolan. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and do that. Mm. Nolan is spelled in O W L I N. That's it. Should have did that. Yeah. But that's okay. follow me on that bird machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I, I guess Lindsay will be first. Is that yeah. is that how it's going? That is how it's going. (laughs) Okay. I'll start the music. Lindsay, in what year does the opening scene take place? Is Uh, it A, 1921, B, 1925, or C, 1928? I think it's 1928. That is correct. Nailed it. Off to a great start. (laughs) Nice. Moving along to Whitney. Mm -hmm. In the motorcade that comes to take Dr. Benson, how many cars are there initially (laughs) before four more join them on the highway? Good Lord. Are there two, three, or four? I really can't remember. I'm trying to mentally like draw up the picture and I cannot. So I'm going to say three. Three is incorrect. Steel. Andrew. Two. Two is correct. Yes. Barely a motorcade. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Yeah, that's true. Andrew. 
Okay, okay. What is the name of the military academy where the government takes everyone? Is it A, Fort Bragg Military Academy, B, Fort Linwood Military Academy, or C, West Point Military Academy? Uh, I think Linwood sticks out? That is correct. All right. All right. Feeling good. Feeling good. Back to the top. Lindsay. When Klaatu uses a vending machine to get a sandwich, what kind of sandwich does he get? <laughs> it's a uh, tuna, I think. I remember thinking it was a very dubious thing to get out of a vending machine. <laughs> was it A, ham and cheese? <laughs> B, turkey and Swiss? Or C, tuna salad? Yeah, it was tuna salad. It was tuna salad. <laughs> that is correct and dubious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ooh, vending machine fish sandwich. Uh, oh. No. Whitney, mm -hmm. here's your chance to get on the board. Whoa. <laughs> Rude. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> At Penn Station, Helen yells that she needs her bag and indicates very flatly that it's what color? Is it A, black, B, gray, or C, white? Black? That is correct. Okay. Nailed it. Whew. Finally got on the board, I guess. Congratulations. <laughs> Everyone has at least one point. Charles, could you deliver the line as she, I, I can't remember. How she I don't it. know if I can be that emotionless. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from someone who might be an AI, which is super yeah. weird. I need my bag. It's a black bag. <laughs> Ow. Okay. <sighs> Andrew, when Klaatu heals his stitches in the car, how many stitches does he have? <laughs> God damn it. Is it A, 10, B, 11, or C, 12? Oh, God. I guess 12. I don't know. That is incorrect. Damn it. Steal. I think that was Whitney. It was Whitney. Great. Uh, 11? That is correct. <laughs> Excellent actual guess, Whitney. Thank you. Because I know you didn't count those stitches. I did not count those stitches. <laughs> I can't even remember what happens in the movie. I definitely don't remember how many stitches there were. At the end of the second round of questions, everyone is tied at two. Oh, boy. No, that's fun. What a comeback for Whitney in that round. Whoa, rude again! <laughs> I was trying to say you'd done a great job. It was Pardon words me. of encouragement. Yeah. Oh, Okay. It's all interpreted. Oh, it felt rude. <laughs> <laughs> to the last set of questions before our bonus questions. Lindsay, when the group hitchhikes to the cemetery, the driver who drops, who drops them off shouts, woo-hoo, blank. What goes <laughs> in the blank? Is it A, woo-hoo, end of the world, B, 
Woohoo Doomsday. Or C, Woohoo Apocalypse. I, th I think it's A, Woohoo End of the World. That is correct. Nailed it. Nice. Whitney. Yes. In what field did Professor Barnhart win his Nobel Prize? Is it A, extraterrestrial ecology, B, biological altruism, or C, hyperscience studies? I have no idea. I'm going to... Biological altruism? That is correct. Okay. Oh, I knew that one. All of them are nonsense. I, that's my <laughs> mental block. All of them are nonsense. And and I remember thinking this is nonsense, but all of those were nonsense. So. <laughs> right. Got to sift through the nonsense. Exactly. I got to re remember which nonsense is real and which nonsense is fake. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. all nonsense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Andrew, for the last regulation question. All right. What brand cell phone does Helen smuggle in to the Linwood Military Academy? Is it A, LG, B, Nokia, or C, Sony Ericsson? I'm going to say this just because I watched another movie from this era that also did it, weirdly. Is it Sony Ericsson? That is incorrect. Damn it. Whitney Steele. S Whitney. Was it an LG? It was an LG. Yeah, I thought so. Nice. At the end of the regulation questions, Whitney is leading with four, then Lindsay with three, and Andrew with two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are two <laughs> bonus questions. They are buzz-in style. So please, Andrew, let me hear your buzz-in sound. Just gonna keep it consistent and go with <laughs> great. Whitney, let me hear your buzz in sound. Lindsay, let me hear your buzz in sound. Wonderful. <laughs> the first bonus question When the Gort bugs are destroying just everything, we see them destroy. <laughs> What NFL team's stadium? Uh, Andrew. I hope this is, uh, sportsing is not great. I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and say the Giants. That is correct. Yes! <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say, you're the one who specifically even talked about the stadium. The and stadium I was like, being destroyed. <laughs> Boy, gun to my head, I would be dead right now because I couldn't even pick a name of a team out of my brain. Whitney. I just knew that they were near whatever. Sorry, Charles. No, it's fine. Whitney, please don't be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I can't even think of a team. For New a York. stadium. That's why I was. They were near New yeah, York. The New and York I was like, Giants. I don't. Yeah. And Jersey doesn't have, or maybe they, no, Jersey doesn't have a team. So they're all about the New York teams. Correct. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. <laughs> the final question. And I'm now realizing I might need it to have prepared a tiebreaker. <laughs> so, Whitney, please get this one right. <laughs> that feels. That feels favoritist. I don't like that. All right. I'm kidding. I am prepared with a tiebreaker. Okay. 
We all know that Gort is impressive. <laughs> but what does Gort stand for? Oh, god damn it. <laughs> Me. Whitney. Genetically... Something robot technology. Genetically... <laughs> Augmented? Oh, sorry. I no, that's an go. A. That's the wrong spelling anyways. Genetically organized robotic technology. Genetically organized robotic technology is correct. Whew. Whoa! Pulled it out of nowhere! <laughs> well done. The final score is Andrew and Lindsay with three points apiece and Whitney rocking it out with five. <laughs> Represent, <laughs> of course, of course. I yeah. forgot to get the fanfare, but you will have your Bill and Ted Thank eventually. You. <laughs> Next episode. Thank you. You will have that. I'm very excited for when that happens. It will be yeah. righteous. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yep. that's a pop quiz. Thanks, Charles. It's a pleasure. Thank you all for playing. And we'll talk to you next week, I imagine. Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic. All right. <laughs> I'm like going back into my space slumber now. Yeah, nice to meet you, AI Charles. <laughs> nice to meet you, Lindsay. I am not an AI. Uh, okay, yeah, nice to meet you, Cyborg like... Charles. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> it's like We're a whole Janet things. thing. Yeah. <laughs> not a robot. Not a, not a girl. Yeah. Something. Something else. Mm-hmm. All right, that was great. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Do do we want to uh, dig in here? I guess. Yeah, let's go. See? Let's just let's, let's just knock it out. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> skim through this here because uh... it's all over the place. Here we go. We uh, start this movie and uh, as as Charles uh, asked in 1928. Uh, on an, it's some sort of expedition. It's in a mountain, a lot of snow. And we see Keanu Reeves. He's like a climber, an explorer, expeditioner. And uh, this, he sees this glowing sphere of ice. He, like all of us, I think, he just grabs a pickaxe and starts hitting it, right? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Right, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you see, if you're on an Arctic expedition and see magically glowing ice, you're going to find out what that is, right? I mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to hit the shit out of that thing with a big, sharp... <laughs> climbing uh, instrument yeah no i've seen way too much john carpenter and x files and whatever to <laughs> i would be like how fast can i get out of here immediately not yeah let me but damage not, this you're not an arctic explorer personality it's true, i'm not i'm not that's very very true i'm much more a blanket on the couch type so yeah <laughs> yeah which is perfect right know thyself mm -hmm. uh so he hits this thing. There's a big blinding light that kind of happens. And then he wakes up and the sphere is gone. And he's got a weird like mark on his hand. Um, and that's 1928. We don't really get any other idea about what happens to this guy uh, for a bit. Uh, present day, we are at Princeton University. We're following Professor Helen Benson. Uh, she goes, she's, she's very smart she's teaching this class. Uh, she goes home to make dinner for her son, Jacob. She receives this call 
Uh, and this is a call that you probably never want to receive where you pick it up and they're like, they're on the way. And you're like, yo, what, what is this? <laughs> She's like, who's on the way? And at that moment, what is a very, what we have found is a very small, <laughs> small uh, cavalcade of cars, yeah. just, ba just barely, just two cars, uh, pulls up black SUVs, pick her up. Uh, it's the government. They're taking her to Fort Linwood. There's a very cool scene where they're like, we've closed the highway. And I was like, oh, that's a cool shot. Very uh, cool imagery there. Basically, she is brief that there is a huge, they, what they believe is like a meteor or a comet. It is like, I think what they said was like, it's like a tenth of the speed of light is just going to smash into Earth in mm -hmm. like an hour. And it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> So, like, what can we do? They get all these scientists together. Like, what can we do to kind of mitigate this? We know it's going to hit. What can we do to stem the bleeding, as it were? Uh, turns out it does not crash. It comes to a very gentle rest right in Central Park, right? Everybody lands. They're like, what is this thing? It's massive. Giant sphere, this glowing sphere. Uh she kind of walks up to it, which I don't think would happen, given the circumstances. And we see a, a being emerge. This is Klaatu. It's like a weird alien-looking thing. And right as they're about to shake hands, right? Like, oh, welcome to Earth. Bang. Gets shot. <laughs> they shoot. They're like, oh, someone shoots this guy. Uh, at that point, uh, a pretty... It's just like uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think about that all the time. I'm like... We didn't, we know, you don't see the guy who shot. It's just one single shot. And you're like, God damn it. Who was that? <laughs> yep. God damn it. It's like right. his first day on the job. He's like, yeah, you get a get... ton of people amped up and put them around a spacecraft with rifles. Then. Yeah. Somebody. They usually gonna... tell you like safety's off, you know, but this guy was, he jumped the, he quite literally got ahead of himself. He shot. He's like, I just shoot it. Shoot it. It's weird. <laughs> Makes me nervous. That's what we do. <laughs> Yep. And it's also a big plot point in the original one, which is part of his whole like, uh, yeah, you guys just in the first five seconds proved my argument that you're too violent to be a part of the international or intergalactic right. community. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like what you both said, like it feels exactly like what would happen. Like you think about arrival and movies that have done it since also and you're like god of course there'd be like 400 tanks pointed at this thing mm -hmm. if it were to ha i don't know it's weird anyway <laughs> thing gets shot it's a very cool looking throwback type robot comes out starts really making everyone's day much worse with this sound that also i did not care for either i had the movie a little too loud i think i was like i don't like this sound <laughs> the being uh, orders it to stand down. So the thing goes into like sentinel mode and they uh, begin to do surgery on this uh, alien, I guess. Uh, we find out over the course of the surgery that the head surgeon, this guy they brought in, is like, oh, it's, it's a lot like us. Once you cut through this weird outer jelly situation, like whale blubber. And what we come to find is that this Klaatu was born. It was just born, right? That's exactly what happened. It takes the form of whatever's here. This is a throwback to the guy who we saw in 1928. He looks exactly like him. I guess they stole his DNA. That's what mm -hmm. we're dealing with here. The clone of body yeah. and that the gray suit was essentially placenta material. Right. And and he grows in hours, maybe. Hour? I don't know. From like weird alien to full-grown human. 
Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's kind of cool. Mm. <laughs> I heard it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. So we see uh, Klaatu's recovering, and he begins being interviewed by Kathy Bates' character, who is the Secretary of Defense, right? We also get uh, John Hamm shows up here. I think he showed up a little bit earlier, but you're like, wow, John Hamm's also in this. Yeah, he met Jennifer Connelly when she got to the secure military academy. Mm -hmm. They have a history together. You got the impression that they dated. They certainly have known each other professionally, so. Yeah. Uh, At this point, we actually hear that uh, Keanu's character introduces himself as Klaatu. That's a, you know, pretty good alien name, I guess. Also something they've carried over from the original. He was also, yeah, also in that one. Okay. Uh, He informs them that he is a representative of a group of racists, right? And he wants to go to, I guess, I guess the goal was the UN, right? He landed in New York to go to the UN to talk. uh, And they they were like, well, no, that's not going to happen, which I think might be okay, right? Like, that's probably fair. We want to make sure that the intentions are good before sitting everybody down there. I don't know, though. Like, that's the U.S. making unilateral decisions for the rest of the world, which we, while I would credit that we yeah. do that, I don't we know. We do that. Uh, so far, <laughs> no lies detected. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot True. something on sight because it makes us nervous. Don't let them talk to the rest of the world. Yeah, it's all ringing Checks very out. accurately. Yeah. Yeah. Check, yeah. check, 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 right. check. <laughs> so... Uh, everybody's curious, like, what do you want? Why are you here? What the hell is going on? And he, he's not, ver- he's not very cooperative. And part of it's also, you could see it in his character. He's like figuring out like what hands are. It's kind of a cool, like very wide eyed, like figuring out what this body is. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. He mentions that, that really well. That the body's going to take some getting used to and that it's very different from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, it, it, it was neat. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, so he's not cooperating. They're like, well, here's what's going to happen now. We're going to torture you, which again, check, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. they're going to drug you and take you to a secure facility. So, uh, Dr. Benson, Jennifer Connelly's character volunteers to do this, but instead of drugging him, she gives him, I guess, saline. I think, I think that's what it was. Just to see yeah. nothing. Um, and then she's salt like, water. run. She gave him salt yeah. water. <laughs> Good. How did she know that wouldn't kill him? I don't know. We'll see. Because he's in a uh, human body. Human. They've typed yeah, DNA true. by then. He'll be yeah. fine. She tells him to run, but you know he's being confined right now. They take him to an interrogator for like a polygraph thing. I thought the scene was really cool. It was shot well. It was just these two in a room, and it's this awesome looking like it's like a bunker type space. It looked really cool. This <laughs> scene was my second favorite scene after like the first initial nanobots. Reveal. How did that guy get that the interrogator? That's like the most thankless job on earth. Like you got to <laughs> figure out what this fucking thing wants. And he's like, I'm, you know, just go through. I got to ask you a series of control questions. <laughs> like, what's a control for an alien? Yeah. I don't know. And they do story wise fix a lot of problems by having already said that he's in a human body because otherwise you like you stated with the drugs, you don't know how anything's going to affect him if it was an alien body. Yeah. But by having so- already said put himself in a human body to come to Earth you know that his human responses should be the same. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's cool. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. So he gets out and it was actually kind of cool. Apparently he can, anything electric, anything electrical, not, re- it's actually nebulous what the hell he could do because he was able to control like lasers also, but whatever. He sends a signal back through the uh, lie detector 
makes this guy literally go horizontal in a chair, which was neat. And then he broadcasts <laughs> that loud signal again, makes everyone's ears hurt. They all get paralyzed. He walks out. <laughs> it's great. He gets to a train station. He has a tuna sandwich from a vending machine. And this makes him violently ill. <laughs> he passes out in the bathroom. That's not why. He still has a bullet in him. Or a bullet wound, rather. Yeah. He is able to get in, in contact with Dr. Benson, Jennifer Connelly's character. She's at home with her son again. They get the call from the train station. It's like, doctor, your patient is here. You have his medicine. She's like, oh, I get it. They go. They give him the little, when they first extracted a little bit of his, uh, I guess, placenta tissue Suit. stuff yeah. in a little tube. He takes that out and just like Vaseline puts it on, bang, instantly healed. Pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> then some other stuff happens, you know. It's a lot of chases, a lot of driving, <laughs> right? It's like... These are all the like yeah. random errands. Yeah. They go to like meandering. Like, yeah. Is any of them important? Uh, I would say really. one of the only things they do go to McDonald's to meet up with the guy who's apparently another alien in a human body who's been here for years on like a scouting mission. Yeah. That was pretty mm -hmm. cool. But other than that, <laughs> none of it's really worth anything. That guy had a great, that guy had a great. A couple great lines too, mm -hmm. where he's like, I, you know, he's like, they're terrible. <laughs> he's like, they're they're destructive and they don't give a <laughs> shit. He's like, but I love them. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I think these little things that like begin to change Klaatu's mind over the course of the film. I don't know how much that contributed, but pretty cool. Probably contribute. I mean, I would assume that it contributed more than anything we said. Yeah, yeah, because it made him consider. He was like, because that guy not only said we should go through with the plan, they're not going to stop destroying the planet. But he also said, I want to die here with them because they mean so much to me rather than go back to my own planet with you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then he, then they leave. They're like, OK, time to run another errand. I got to go to All right, cool. yeah. somewhere else in New Jersey. <laughs> got to return my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I have some dry cleaning on this planet that I need to pick up. <laughs> yeah. At this point, we see like a worldwide panic happens, right? The the looting and the plundering again, not really making a strong case for ourselves nope. here at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. And again, U.S. being U.S., they're like, there's this giant robot and we know he can do some damage. Let's shoot some missiles at him and shit. None of that works. It's pointless. Mm -hmm. uh, but they do. They are able to kind of contain it, which is which is interesting. They like put it in this triangular shaped box. They get this box to an underground facility, I guess. Yeah, they transport kind of it quite a distance. Some missile silo right? or something, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not anywhere near New York. Yeah. <laughs> you look at the landscape, you're like, I don't know where they took it. It looks like, it looks it's like Arizona. In, yeah, I was going to say Nevada, but yeah. <laughs> right, it's like, there's like mesas in the distance. It's weird. Like, no, it's Virginia. Oh, okay, whatever. They're studying this thing. They're trying to understand what it is. They're like, it's part robot, it's part organic. We, we don't know what this thing is. And then it presents itself. Uh, really cool scene, like we mentioned earlier. This guy's in there in a hazmat suit, and this, it literally just begins like disintegrating on him. And then he gets a nosebleed, and he's panicking, and you're like, oh, shit, that, I don't, that guy's dead. He's deader than dead. Uh, mm -hmm. They try to set it on fire. Mm -hmm. That does not work. Then the whole thing just turns into a swarm of nanobots. And it's one of the cooler things that happens in this movie. Mm -hmm. It just eats its way out of the bunker and everything it consumes, it like doubles in size. So it, it, in very short order, it becomes a massive swarm that's just making its way mm -hmm. back to the big sphere. 
Should be noted also around the world, we're seeing on televisions during these errands that all of uh, these animals on Earth are sliding into the spheres and then the spheres are leaving. <laughs> it's like, and they call it, you know, <laughs> Kathy Bates is like, they're arcs, which is just such good, good dialogue. <laughs> just makes me, <laughs> oh man. I did like the, the one flood. where they see the one with tentacles and she's like, is that what they actually look like? And he's like, no, they're cephalopods. And she's like, what? And he's like, squids and octopuses. Like, that was such a, <laughs> like, an academic <laughs> snobbery moment that I totally yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dum dum cephalopods. <laughs> Spell it with me. At this point, Dr. Benson is trying. She's she, she's been with him this whole time, and she's just saying like, "Look, we're not bad. You know, you got you, you can't do this. You can't destroy the Earth, and that they can change." He said that he gave them a chance. That didn't work out. They shot him. <laughs> they are trying to kill everything. It's not great. She says, "Let me take you." to our leaders, right? Our, uh, someone who is a leader, right? We go to uh, a Nobel Prize winning professor's house. This is played by John Cleese. I can't remember it again. What's the nonsense that he got the Nobel it Prize for? Biolo uh, biological. It was ethics. Um, uh, it was ethical. Attributional. <laughs> no, it's, it was it's like ethical. Bioethical. I don't know. Something. Is it made up know. discipline? Whatever. Right. It's not a thing that you would get it for. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it, was the, it makes like me mad every time I think about it because it's or like something like that. Like it was. No, 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 no. It was like biological. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is actually yeah. it. You nailed it. Good job. Yeah. Excellent recall. Uh, yeah. So he is a person who has a. Uh, a Nobel Peace Prize in that, uh, which is cool. <laughs> we see the the math competition happen. The mathletes uh, get together. They finish a cool equation. I didn't mind that. Whitney does not. She does not stand for this. <laughs> it's all. Mm -hmm. The cool thing is the professor turns it around on Klaatu and says, like, did you ever go through anything like this? Like a like. A, a tipping point, as it were. And he says, yeah, our son was going to die, so we had to adapt. And then uh, he responds by saying, it's like, it's only at the precipice that people change. It's like, you taking this away from us means we'll never get the chance. And again, you get that little head tilt by Keanu that he does sometimes <laughs> when you're like, oh, there's something. the wheels are turning in there. It's cool. Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting, too, that they one of the reasons that they're saying that they're doing this is that there's very few planets in the universe that can support complex life. And so they have to protect, yes. they can't let us destroy one of the few instances of complex life, which I find, I find yeah. kind of, I mean, it, sure, if that was true, but I think the odds that we're a rarity in the universe is not, are great. Like, I think there's probably a lot of planets that can support complex life, but you know, as the premise for a sci-fi sure. thing, I buy into the fact that they would feel a need to uh, take us out to protect the rest of the biosphere if it was a rare thing. Yeah. You're ruining it. <laughs> we can't go out exploring infinitely. You don't know what snakes could become. <laughs> that should be on. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> I should say that this whole time, this kid, the Jacob, has been with them just running around, like killing and reviving police officers. Klaatu is, what, you know, doing all this nonsense. He sees on the television in the other room while the adults are having a conversation that he's a wanted man. He calls the police. Which also, I... he's been very aggro about 
Klaatu from the beginning. He has been saying that they should be fighting him, not right. helping him from like the second he showed up. Yeah. And he's like thinking, it, it seems to think that it's like he's going to replace his dad or make a move on Jennifer Connelly's character. He's very, what's it like to be eight or however old that kid is? I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're on the path. We're like, oh, I think we changed his mind. And then all of a sudden, two military helicopters in the distance come over the ridge. You're like, ah, oh, shit. So they start to they start to make a run for it. Klaatu is able to kind of use the laser sights on two of the helicopters to just totally fry their circuitry and make them crash. But one of the helicopters grabbed uh, Jennifer Connelly's character, bursts off into the distance, whatever. I mean, it, it leaves uh, Jaden Smith with Klaatu alone, and he all of a sudden has remorse for Colin in the fuzz. Right. He saves his life. Like, there was a moment where the kid's about to slip off of into a waterfall type situation, a reservoir, whatever. Klaatu saves him very dispassionately. He's just, you know. At some point, we see that Jennifer Connelly's character is with the Secretary of Defense again. She says, like, do you really think you could talk him out of this? And she was like, I have, you know, I think I could try. They let her go. So they captured her for really no mm -hmm. reason. Right. She's like, we got her to move the plot forward. The kid, Jacob, takes Klaatu to the cemetery where his dad is buried. And we've also seen Klaatu bring people recently deceased back to life. He thinks, oh, just bring my dad back. That's not possible. That's also where he told Jennifer Connelly to meet them was at the cemetery. So she meets up with them there. Right. It's it's all these things. It's so... It's so much here at the end of this movie. And, yeah, then Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a huge swarm of nano machines yeah. just obliterating everything <laughs> from Virginia to New York. You keep getting shots of it, like eating stadiums and whatnot, which is yeah, cool. But right, it's cool. Like the thing, it it when it uh, the one shot where it like just takes out a tractor trailer, it like nothing. It was re again really interesting at a very conceptual level, and then it just takes off again. Mm-hmm. And Jan Jennifer Connelly and Jaden Smith have a therapy breakthrough moment in front of Klaatu. Right. Well, the, yeah. So, he, you know, Jaden is broken down. He's like, he really misses him. Helen, she says, I commiserate, dude. Like, I loved him, too. Right. They have a good cry. <laughs> right. Klaatu witnesses this. And he's like, you know what? These people aren't so bad. All the other evidence, you know, it was whatever. This moment right here. I've, I've changed. I've changed my mind. So Klaatu, I guess I guess the parallel there kind of is like Klaatu sees in them what the uh, the guy at McDonald's saw in humans. I don't know if it seems a little fast to get to that conclusion, but maybe. Uh, so they head right for the giant sphere, which is also where the giant nano machine swarm is headed. It's the only sphere left on Earth right in Central Park. Because they're trying to get there to stop the, like, destruct the Earth program that the nanobots are already running. Yeah. Essentially, Klaatu, if he gets to, if we're, we're led to believe if he gets to the sphere, he might be able to stop this. But he says there will be a cost to doing it, to doing this. And we're like, oh, okay, that's all right, whatever. That's cool. Uh, they break through a blockade. They're like, where are all the other military people? It seems pretty clear here. <laughs> There's a, a huge missile strike. <laughs> like, it hits the car, basically. Uh, John Hamm uh, is unfortunately killed in this missile strike. Everyone else is totally fine. Really, really weird. Nanobot Cloud arrives, is, is swirling around Central Park, destroying all the trees. 
there's a weird moment where they get they try to run to the sphere and they're like no we're not going to make it so they go over here underneath this covered bridge and then he can keep them from getting in here for a little bit it's too late they already have both of uh jacob and uh Jennifer Connelly's character have nosebleeds. It's already begun. So what he decides to do, just like Keanu in a lot of the movies he's in, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to help here, right? He, he transfers, he touches them both on the arm. He absorbs all the nanomachines into his bloodstream. So they're saved. He runs out towards the sphere with, with some effort, with some effort. It looked really difficult puts his hand on it and a huge like uh, just burst of light happens and we see that across the earth electronics don't work anymore C more cars go off televisions go off uh, Times Square shuts down You're like oh that was the cost right for you know no electricity anymore no <laughs> electronics I guess uh, the sphere begins to leave uh, Jacob says Klaatu uh, didn't die. He just became one with the sphere, I guess. And uh, that's it. You know, that's that was the movie. It ends. It actually ended a little bit more abruptly than it did I end thought. pretty abruptly. Like the there sphere... was no like little wrap up. <laughs> yeah, the sphere is going yeah. up. No, <laughs> we're like, what the what what the hell do we do now? It's like no sphere leaves. They're like, he didn't die. He's one with the sphere. Smash cut to credits. Done. I'm like okay. Okay. There was one little moment that I thought was interesting was after Kathy Bates let her go and they're trying to get to the sphere and uh, she's arguing with the president over the phone about, no, we need to let them go and get to it. I think she's trying to talk about it or whatever. And then the president basically you get the orders her to, to do the missile attack to not let them get. If you really think the world is ending, that's the point when you stop listening to orders. Like, what are the consequences yeah. for you mm -hmm. if you really think this is your this right. humanity's only chance? What are the consequences of disobeying the president at that juncture? Like, <laughs> you think you're all going to die anyways. It just. Yeah. Get that sweet. I told you so. Yeah. Later, maybe. <laughs> so uh, I guess this is the, this is the question here. Would you ultimately recommend someone to watch this film? They're like, oh, I heard about this movie. <laughs> you would only hear bad things about this movie, actually. So, like, despite that, uh, would you watch, would you recommend someone watch this? I would not. I would. I mean, I would say that it's not, like, a terrible, painful experience. But I do agree with Whitney that it's kind of a nothing experience. So I would not recommend yeah. it. I would say if you're mm -hmm. interested in this story at all, well, I don't hate this one as much as I originally did when I first saw it. The original is still better. So if you're interested in this story, just watch the 1950s one. Whitney, what do you think? Yeah, I don't recommend it. I don't... I'm not going to try and actively stop you like I am with some other movies. Um, like, if if any of you see Ellie Parker, I will come fight you. You'll get slapped by Whitney if you watch Ellie Parker. <laughs> Yeah, if you try to stream it, she'll delete your account. If you play it on uh -huh. a, if you somehow uh -huh. found it on DVD, she will break it. I've learned how to hack <laughs> just so that I can break your computers and prevent them from seeing Ellie Parker. Good, good call, good call. But I also, you know, like if you want to see it, see it. I'm not going to stop you. It was entertaining, but it was like there's literally nothing to say about it. Right. So I don't. I, I'm not going to go out of my way to say someone should watch this movie. But also go for it if you want to. <laughs> if it's on TBS, you know, whatever. 
Get some pho, nurse your hangover, watch this movie. That's fine. Oh, now I really want some pho. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most hilariously middling recommend that we've, we've had in a while. I will not recommend this either. But basically what Whitney said, like, if you catch this, if it's on whatever, you know, it's not offensive, right? It's got some good things about it. It's got some bad things about it. This movie is kind of like a very small encapsulation of Keanu's career. At, just smushed <laughs> down into two hours, right? And you're like, peaks and valleys here. So I don't recommend mm -hmm. it, but eh, you could do worse. <laughs> you could yeah, do worse. There is, there is far worse even sci-fi uh, than this. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. so I, I looked at the rankings while we were talking about this to try and figure out where I was going to put it. Yeah. And I think it's a really good example out of 44 movies that we have seen. I am putting this at number 22. <laughs> dead center. As dead center in the middle. As it's it possible is the most to be. dead center movie uh, that there is. So it's right between the replacements and the river's edge for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm close. I'm pretty close to you there. I'm actually at number, I'm going to be at number 25. Uh, that would be between uh, below the Matrix Revolutions and above River's Edge. So that's what I'm thinking there. Lindsay, where would you put this if you were just given what we have of your top five? Is this number six? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, on my list of five, this is number six for sure. Okay, it's good to know. Hey, it's always good. good. We'll, I'll mark it down. I could have pulled we'll an Evan and put it. it at like two, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. Don't recommend it. It was very middling. It is, however, my second favorite <laughs> film that he's done. I don't understand. I don't understand. Cool. All right. That has been logged. So uh, next week, Whitney is walking us through a movie called The Private Lives of Pippa Lee. Pippa Lee. Yeah. Have we seen this? Are we looking forward we to have this? Not. Have we even heard of this? I have not heard of it. I have heard of it. I know nothing about it. I'm looking forward to it, even though, like, we talked about this being a whole streak of movies that I had never even heard of, like Street Kings, Private Lives of Pippa Lee, Henry's Crime, Generation Um. There's a lot of movies that I don't know what I'm in for here, yeah. but I am I just generally try to be optimistic, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I know nothing about it. Seems like a character drama, not, you know, not mm -hmm. anything too bombastic, so he generally mm -hmm. does pretty well on that. I think back to... Yeah. Um, Unless it's romantic. Yeah. Well, what was the one where he was the dentist, which was great? Um, Thumbsucker. Thumbsucker. <laughs> he was awesome in that. So I'm like, I'm hoping. He was the best part of that movie. Yeah. I'm hoping it's more like something, if it's like weird and quirky and indie, but he's good in it, I'm, I'm all in. So. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Prior to this podcast, never heard of it. <laughs> never even. I, if you'd said it, I'd be like, what is that? Yeah. Some sort of, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Zero clue. All right. <laughs> so you'll be listening to the our our walkthrough. Yeah, to <laughs> see if it's attempt. worth watching. All right. I will definitely. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, I guess uh, that brings us to the end. And Lindsay, thank you so much for stepping in here. Thank you for having me. We had me. this kind of shuffle of hosts. Yeah. Do you want to tell people where they could find you on the internet there? Sure. Well, I, I co-host Historical Hotties with Whitney, so you can find me there. Hmm, tell us about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's a show where we go through different categories of historical figure and try and figure out which one is the biggest babe. And this, uh, the episode coming the day after St. Patrick's Day, we're talking about brewers, uh, the hottest brewers in history. So you can nurse your hangover while listening to the people who made the thing that hurt you. So, um, <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. And, and then uh, I, if you want to look at mostly a bunch of pictures of gelato, I'm Lindsay Nelson and that's N-E-L-S-E-N. Uh, on Twitter and Lindsay Cameron Nelson on Instagram, but that is at least seventy five percent gelato. So delicious looking gelato. Though, Thank you. To be yeah. I mean, it's very beautiful gelato. And thematic. Yes. So I do a theme every month. She tells she tells stories with the gelato flavors, and and that has led to questions like, you know, what does a mirror taste mm-hmm. like? Uh, because I'm doing <laughs> and Snow I need White, a magic and mirror. I want a magic flavor. mirror. So so we've had phone calls about like what flavored is a mirror <laughs> it's really interesting stuff check it out uh, Whitney I, I think she may have stolen your thunder but where could people find uh, no, you no I asked her to yeah, steal my thunder I was like please tell us about historical hotties uh, I, Whitney underscore Nelson N-E-L-S-E-N on Twitter and you can find all my other stuff there I co-host historical hotties you may have it's heard great. of it I highly recommend it hmm Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> One more time, follow Charles Nolan on Twitter. That is at mm-hmm. the Nolan, N-O-W-L-I-N. That would be fun. I don't know what Charles is up to over there. I don't know, but it I'm curious. Be, I don't know either. I, I want to find out. It might be little pieces of trivia throughout. I don't know. I don't know what it... It has not... It does, It's like a soft launch, but... I'm excited who, to see. Who can predict what Charles was going to do? I mean, I definitely didn't not predict uh, how many stitches did uh, Klaatu have. So <laughs> you never know. And and why would you? <laughs> why would anybody? I do feel like there was more how much are you paying attention to what's on the screen in this trivia than there was in most trivia. And it was like... The, the movie where I retained the least <laughs> amount of I mean, maybe that's why yeah. Charles did it, because it was like, maybe. this movie is so forgettable. I'm going to see how well you can remember it. <laughs> maybe, because usually it's like, when he's like, what beer did they drink? I'm like, oh, I can remember the label. It was this or whatever. And this one, he was like, I couldn't even remember how many cars were driving on the highway in the motorcade. I, was like, <laughs> I do have to say, it pulled me out for a full 45 seconds when I saw him get a tuna sandwich out of a vending machine. So, I mean, that did. You're like, come on. There you go. In a train station, nonetheless. Like, yeah. How often do that we was think that's getting the changed? the most alien thing he did. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no actual human gets those tuna sandwiches, sir. Nope. He's like, oh, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you can uh, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Dark Driving and then head over to YouTube, uh, search for the primary storyline where I do live streams uh, teaching people how to edit video and do cool stuff like that. So you shoot something on your phone. You want to make it look nice in the end. That's one thing you might want to check out. So you pick up a new skill. Do something like that. You look at gelato, listen to historical hotties, learn some video editing. It's incredible. Wash your hands, don't touch your face. <laughs> yes, for God's sakes. Wash your hands. Wash your thumbs. That's what they said. People don't wash their th- they wash their hands, but their thumbs are sticking up. Are there and they thumbs don't wash their thumbs? Not attached to their hands? That's weird. Why are you guys not washing well, your like, thumbs? 
I know, and that's what people said. Like doctors have said, that's what that's the problem. You've washed your hands, but your thumb is the part, and that's what usually touches your face. If you like, you know, and I'm like, God, people are weird. It's like those people that don't wash their legs. <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. Let me, <laughs> let me uh, on that non sequitur. Here we I go. I don't wash my legs. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Trickle down does not work. It does not work. Thank you all for joining. What are you doing that gets your legs so dirty, Andrew? Who not? The song. We don't have any more song left. I can't. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. God damn it, Whitney. <laughs> Most of the time, my legs are in pants. And you still I, sweat, though, right, Whitney? Yeah, but you only need to rinse sweat off. <laughs> You're on the opposite side of the fence. That's what's happening here. You're on the opposite <laughs> side of the fence. I don't know if this just, is contrary. I just feel like the there's no. You have to get all the places the bacteria go, and they don't go to your knees. What about behind your knees, though? I mean, maybe if I feel like my knees have been, like, my knee pits have been really sweaty, I'll wash them with soap. I'm not opposed to it. I just don't ever feel like, oh, shit, I really got to get those. <laughs> <laughs> I wash my feet more than I do my legs. Well, your feet is, you like, I would think, a given. Yeah. Like, it's, that's where the bacteria goes. It's Yeah. I your can't... feet, your belly button behind your ears, like, those are the... <laughs> clutch you got it <laughs> there's no discussion about those it's not no, no and i do all those <laughs> i just don't always do my knees i can't on my calves ever since that was pre presented to me people very strongly saying i don't wash my legs i that's the only thing i think about when i'm in the shower now i used to have like great thoughts in the shower you know it's like a very <laughs> healing it's warm mm -hmm. you have great you know and now all I can Soothing think about place. Yeah. Yeah, Some is that people are in people here not washing all their body parts. Don't wash their legs. Mm -hmm. They just let the soap from their upper body, which probably has some contaminants, just rinse what down I to their know, lower is, body. Are those people washing their arms or are they just like limbs are not necessary? Right, why just... we, washing your arms and not washing your legs is weirder to me than not washing any of your limbs at all. I feel like I, feel like I do my arms because my arms get into more hijinks. Like... <laughs> I only wash center mass, bro. <laughs> no, arms, I, legs, I no. My arms, I, like, but that's because like I put my elbow in spaghetti and I'm like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> washing dishes in a big tub or whatever. Like I carried piles of dirty laundry. Like I feel like I do more stuff with my arms than I ever do with my legs. It's weird. I don't know. Okay. It's just weird. Spaghetti elbow. I don't know. I mean, hey, I get it. I've been there. I'm a, I get it, right? Who Just... hasn't put their elbow in a bowl of spaghetti? That's what I want to know. I mean, I, I can't specifically remember doing that. That's Please how let I me know if you've sauce. never put your elbow in a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> we're, we're keeping all this. It's fine. It's going in. Because okay. i got to get to the bottom of this. People, please write in at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. Do you wash your legs? No. don't. I don't care if you wash your legs or not. Don't tell me that. Tell me if your arms get into more hijinks than your legs do. That's have, what I want to know. Yeah, if you're you, tweeting at me, yeah. do your arms get into more hijinks? That's the real question. Have you 
ever experienced spaghetti elbow specifically pasta you elbow know, i mean like gardening you get dirt on your arms and stuff i'm just i'm never like knee deep in waste <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't happen you went straight to waste with like leg things whereas you were talking about many things that your elbow deep in that aren't necessarily <laughs> waste but with your knees, you're like immediately right. it's sewage. I can't it's tell you be... the last time I was underground strolling <laughs> through the sewer system. It just doesn't happen that often. I mean, clearly you have not been trying to like track the Ninja Turtles or anything recently because that's right. But I have not. Wow, <laughs> that's factual. <laughs> there we go.